What's up, boss? Coming at you live from the 10 whore uh, parking garage of the University of Alabama, baby. The what? 10 whore <laughs> parking garage. 10 right whore, across, huh? 10 whore. I mean, I don't really know, like, how I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's pronounced whore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right across the, the Tuscaloosa street, thing? Right across the street from the mighty uh, Brian Denny Stadium. So, wow. I mean, it, it's just really, it's really a picturesque scene here. <laughs> Do they bury like Nick Saban's like old broken down hip? Do you see he just, had hip, he just had hip replacement? You see that? I I, I know he did because I know and and uh, you know our Shane Shane Chainer knows about that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But you know he's uh, the 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 talk around campus is that you know he's just. I think that he really feels like they've fallen, and this—I I don't know anything, so I'm wild, wild speculation again. But I think that 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 he feels like he may have number one a really huge viable rival now in, in Dabo, and I think that he also may feel like they may have dipped a little bit, and so well, he's lost um, two of the last three. Yeah, and so That's so real. I so they're they're saying that they think that he's um, you know they scheduled a home and home with West Virginia. Um, sometime hmm. 2026, 2027, something like that. Um, and, um, I should and, love those super future, like 2032, we're playing Ohio state. Yeah. Man? I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> will there well, be like, college football anymore? Or will I be alive? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> will anyone care? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that's, I think generally looked at this very natural, um, series that might conclude his career um mm-hmm. given the fact that he's from west virginia isn't he 67 something like that yeah he, isn't um, he late 60s now considered late but, 60s but you know he's folks say that he you know wants to uh wants to coach another decade or so and obviously that would extend beyond that that home and home with west virginia but um but yeah he, he's he's fired up and ready to go so um <clears throat> We shall see, I guess, right? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's weird seeing the, the sober, skinny Sark on the sidelines for a day and stuff. And, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it, there's a, definitely a very surreal element. But, you know, they, he was neither sober nor skinny. He yeah. was here. No, he, you know, that's where it is. Like, you know, you really see, like, the toll that that level of alcoholism takes on people. And yeah. you see about, like, how, you know, how there's just, like, this radically different. I mean, they're they're skinny. They got a totally different color in their face. I mean, pretty, pretty radical. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Saban's been really good at, at finding ways to, to just, you know, bring these guys in that are, you know, on one hand reclamation projects, but on the other hand, you know, it's like, it's no accident about, you know, who was running uh, USC's, you know, show when they, um, you know, during the Pete Carroll era, I mean, it was Kiffin and Sark and man, they tore it up. They did. No yeah. doubt about it. And, and Sark recruited a hell of a good bunch of Huskies too. You got to give them credit for that. Even though they, they weren't, uh, you know, Pac-12 champions or Pac-10 champions at the time. But, man, he's they, a lot of first-round picks came through there under his watch. So. Boy, oh, boy, did he bring dogs in there. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. And, and they, you know, it wasn't too long ago they were 0-12. But let's not talk about them. Let's talk about the fact this is <laughs> Season 1, Episode 7 of the WSU Football Blockfather Show. Am I right? Uh, so it, Are we on track here? I think we're. I think we're in the third is this, trilogy. Epi- is it episode seven? I, 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 I think we're in the third trilogy. Are we in the end game now? The Avengers end game. 
maybe i mean we're like on the ho- on, on the home stretch to like you know i mean really kind of getting into uh getting into preview land here i mean it's like it's it's pretty remarkable for me you know i love i love spring ball and i love you know i love you know getting ready to go to bed at night and you know popping on all those post practice videos and stuff like that so so for tonight sure. Yeah. So yeah, totally. So tonight is, you know, the last day of that until, you know, literally until we start in August for, for fall camp. And so, um, you know, for me, those summer marks, the summer months are so long and dark. So, you know, it kind of feels like we're jumping in the abyss, but you know, Phil Steele. And super humid in Tuscaloosa. Just mildly. Super humid. 95 (laughs) with 95% humidity or something in the ballpark, but yeah. Well, all good. So, um, where do you want to start? Should we start with the uh, the biggest uh, the biggest thing that everyone's piping in about, or do you want to go elsewhere and finish with the, with a roar of uh, the quarterbacks? What do you want to do? Well, let's peak early. Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of the story of your life, right? <laughs> totally. You should have seen me in eighth grade. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right, my man. So, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you weigh in? What what are your what are your thoughts coming out? Um, well, the, of you the, know, of I, the game. So, uh, of the spring game. Well, where we are going into All right, today. Well, well, let's let, let's start off with you know what one of my you know more shameful um, proclamations about how Gage's injury was like the greatest thing to ever happen to. Oh the yeah, it's on. T- we can rewind the uh, tape. We, yeah, it's it's, it's there. out there. It's there. Yeah, yeah you can't. No. You, you, you can't you can't deny or avoid that level. Of no, shame. that's okay. I, I I will I will say, however, that um, I think I was right, and um, and I think that it was right about really, that it was a great thing. That it was a great thing, and okay. you know, to be determined, obviously, in the fall. I think that it was tremendously helpful. Um, for three young quarterbacks to be able to get their various degrees of indoctrination. And I think that, um, you know, one of the takeaways um, that I had, you know, in terms of having to wait to see Gunnar Cruz until we had gone into like what felt like the 12th overtime of of, of the spring game um, was a, was a reminder about, you know, how buried these young guys get when they're, when they're brought into a system, you know, even when they're coming in early in the spring. And so even though, you know, his reps were admittedly limited, you know, I think that it's really fair to question about how much more limited they would have been had there been, you know, had Goodbrood been in there really vying for trying, you know, trying to establish himself as a starter, throughout spring in terms of limiting those reps and um and so we can skate over the un uh potentially uncomfortable situation i think that um you know looking forward to uh 2020 i think that we saw enough in the spring game to say that um quarterback is uh once again going to be a uh a primary um area of uh concern (laughs) Uh, and uh and certainly yeah we'll just say concern um and so I, I think it was good for the the kids and and the and the coaches to be able to know that and I also think that you know that um you know John Bledsoe I think in the limited 
you know, s- stuff that we saw on, uh, on Saturday and also through various highlight stuff, I think, you know, maybe a little bit of a Luke Falk in, uh, in waiting. So, um, so I think that, you know, that his development, I think was also enhanced by not having, um, Gubru there. All right. So then moving on to the, uh, the, the, the battle for the starting position. Uh, oh, wait, you, one thing you just yeah, yeah. said you compare, so you're comparing Bledsoe to Luke Falk as in, unheralded guy walking on and is really rising up the pecking order. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, he looks, he looks to me like a guy that, I mean, first of all, frame wise, um, you know, he, he's starting to, you know, look like a PAC 12 quarterback. I mean, he's big, you know, he's not as he's big a redshirt as freshman. Maybe sophomore. He'll be a redshirt. Sophomore. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so obviously, you know, I mean, Luke started as a as a freshman, but but he he's got you know his his arm strength looks looks good. Um, it looks like he's figuring out the offense. It looks like he's going through his reads quickly. He throws a nice ball, um, and he's you know he's a he's a big guy. He's got a frame, um, and he also you know has got has got some feet. So you know, I think that. Um, I think that, that his development is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's unexpected and it's a positive. And, um, and so that part is, that part is great. Cause like I said, you know, I wonder about, you know, how met, how many opportunities that those guys would have received had there been, you know, another, you know, candidate for, for the starting job to, uh, to, to be in the mix. Well, it's um, fewer bites of the apple for sure. Yeah. And, and those bites, you know, they, it, you know, we learned last year, those bites don't come around in fall camp and during the season. I mean, they're not getting, they're not getting reps in that, you know, with the first team offense at all, you know, they're playing scout team and playing on Thursday night football. So, but when you um, say, when you say Luke Falk, you're not saying this guy is going to come in and be like an all time school record touchdown pass guy. You're saying he's on the rise as a unheralded guy and might be passing some people. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think, and I think that it's reasonable to, um, to look at next year and say that he's got, um, as good of a shot as anybody as being our quarterback in 2020. I mean, I think that we're headed and you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but sure. I think that we're, we're headed straight back for the grad transfer thing again next year. Um, Ugh, like but, um, but, you know, we got plenty of time for that to be able to sort itself out. Um, All right. but, but, you know, Gordon, um, you know, Kook fan has been quietly saying all spring that, um, that Anthony Gordon had been, um, winning that job when I think the word on the street coming into the spring was that it was Tinsley's job to lose. Right. Um, and boy, you know, you could, you could see that, um, you could see in that game and then you could, you could hear it in terms of the players interviews afterwards about them, you know, both. Excuse me. As I walk by a guy mowing his lawn, (laughs) sorry, go ahead, keep going. But, uh, (laughs) You know, you could hear from the from the players that were complimentary of all the quarterbacks on the squad, and then you know, but then would emphasize how Gordo was doing. You could tell that he's yeah. he's starting to uh, to he's got really a nickname win. now. Yeah, yeah, starting yeah. to win him over. And um, you know, we we talked on Saturday afterwards and and talked about how you know he seems like a bigger Peyton Bender. 
um, in terms of, yeah. you know, just it has looks that like really a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Really that smooth delivery, high, quick release. Um, and, you know, you, you got to figure that, that, that this team is going to face exactly what it is that it faced the last couple of years, which is just a real healthy dose of teams rushing three and dropping eight. And if you're going to be, you know, facing that many guys in coverage, you really got to be able to sling it and you really got to be able to, 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 to get some yards with your feet. Um, And, uh, and so I, you know, I feel like, he established himself as being a, uh, a viable um, starting quarterback that can win a lot of games for us this next year. And so if, if Gage is then able to beat him out in the fall, I think that it shows that there's just a tremendous upside for the team. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's a good thing. And I think that, you know, given the fact that all these guys are going are gonna to be running the ball a little bit, and none of them are as uh, big and sturdy as Minshew is. I think that you can expect that injury is, is, is probably going to happen, and it's going to be important for them to have backups that are capable. Well, when you think about it, I mean, you're going to probably have, what, four guys at least who can play right away yeah. if, you, if you stick Gage in that mix. Um, so it might be some of the better – you know, overall depth that we've had at that position. Although, I mean, you could argue last year was about as deep as we've been when you think of Gardner plus what was behind him were probably two capable guys who could start, you know, multiple games and, and you'd be okay, um, which is pretty remarkable. Um, I, um, I was really impressed with, with Gordon, of course. Um, I think what stuck out to me was – he really seemed improved from just a year ago in the spring. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There was definitely a, an uptick in in what he's doing. Um, I liked that. I mean, he moved really well. Um, not that he's a wild Michael Vick type scrambler or Russell Wilson or anything like that, but he seemed to get out of the way of a lot of stuff. And as we saw what, how valuable that could be last year with, uh, with Gardner and this kind of stuff he got out of the way of. Uh, and extended plays and, and, you know, some of the, some of the positive things that happened there. Um, I, I, we have to keep it in, in full perspective because it was a spring game and, and, and they all said to a man after that, well, they didn't blitz and it was pretty vanilla on defense and, you know, quarterbacks weren't supposed to even be hit really. So it's kind of like, you know, was it really like, was it like live bullets or was it, you know, batting practice with wiffle ball? You know, you're just kind of you're not afraid you're going to get buzzed. You know what I mean? So it uh, was a lot of his success and confidence building throughout that spring game because he knew he wasn't going to get lit and he knew he wasn't going to have to face blitzing. So I don't know. I just don't want to read too much into it. But in the same circumstances last year compared to this year, he's definitely improved. There's no denying that. Um. Yeah, so that's that's where I am. I'm I'm kind of with you. I think we said on Saturday, I compared it to like a 18 hole golf tournament kind of thing, where like they've just played the front nine of 18 holes. When you think the spring is basically, you know, the front nine of a golf outing, and now Gabrud is going to come and join them for the back nine, and we'll see where where it goes. Yeah, and you know Gardner, uh, you know Minshew made the comment I think sometime during the game, you know about how 
um, or maybe maybe it was a post game interview about how it is that you know spring is about improving your skills and fall is about winning the job. Um, yep. Uh, but I you know I think that um, you know the big the big you know barrier for for Gage is just going to be knowing how to be able to run that offense at, at the line of scrimmage and uh, you know it's a huge thing. You know, he Huge. doesn't have the, you know, the prior experience that Minshew had, you know, running, you know, a variation of the air raid in <laughs> high school or, or the JC or whatever. But, you know, the fact that he was actually in that room um, for the entire spring and um, and on the practice field and seeing about, you know, what those checks look like and when to be able to make them. I mean, at the very least, he got a ton of, uh, of mental reps. And, um, and I think that, you know, the main – um, determinant about you know what happens with that battle moving forward is obviously you know Ty is going to go to the to the guy who has the most upside, um, and you know the other thing is that next season or this season does offer a soft landing for those first two games. Sure, um, and that's you know that's important. I mean, if they were starting the year off opening at Houston, then or at Auburn. <laughs> Or whatever, yeah, really. yeah which yeah. we have in yes, the past we have. couple times, and, and yeah. even la- you know, even last year, I mean, opening at Wyoming, you know, is no picnic. Oh my god, um, I thought so, we were going to lose. Yeah, <laughs> so um, so there's there's a soft landing there, and that also you know provides a little bit more wiggle room in terms of you know uh, of, of this whole thing ending in a tie. But the 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 thing that Minshew was so great about or one of the many things that, that, that Gardner was so great about. And, you know, we talked about this, um, you know, last, you know, prior to last year and during Luke and um, all through the season is that this offense um, is just an entirely different animal at second and six, as opposed to second and nine or second um, and 11 or second or, and 11 yeah, or whatever. Totally. And, um, and so, so the, the one, you know, big question is, is who's going to be the best prepared to be able to make sure that the offense stays ahead of the chains and um, out of those negative plays. You know? Right. And that, you know, that's been the one area um, self-admittedly that, uh, that Gordon has said that, you know, he's needed to be able to improve his game and, um, and that may be, you know, the, 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 the reason why it is that somebody like, like uh, Gubru steals the job from fall camp is just having more experience and more of, of an ability to be able to, you know, find a way to be able to quickly get two to three yards, even initially if it's with his feet, just staying ahead of, uh, of, of those chains. Um, because it's very clear that the weapons that they have at the skill positions – um, coupled with this kind of newfound power running game um, means that this, uh, you know, once again, this, this offense could be as good, if not better than they were last year in just, you know, scoring points and taking a long time to do it. Well, yeah, I think, I think to the eye, they seem as deep and as talented as they've been. I guess the running backs are a question beyond Christian McCaffrey Jr. You know what? I, and I know you're you like the idea of this so-called power running game, which you know we've seen flashes of it in the past. A couple of years ago, remember those some of those goal line short yardage situations that actually worked out when they would feed Wicks. 
Um, but it was fleeting and then they went away from it and you just, you wonder what it's going to be like if it's just an experiment right now or what it's really going to be like. I just nah, don't know yeah. with Leach. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they've talked a lot about how, um, how Mason Miller has, uh, has ins- um, installed some new blocking schemes and so, some wrinkles and, um, you know, ran a couple, you know, counters, I think on, uh, on Saturday that was different than, than what it is that they normally run. I mean, I think that they, they definitely get the fact that, you know, Leach's whole philosophy is about, you know, how it is that you attack space. And if the, you know, dominant way that they're getting defended is for, for teams to throw eight guys in coverage and to be able to take away anything deep and play the underneath game then the space that you got to attack is oftentimes just right in front of you and through, through running the football. And, you know, the, one of the big things last year, which was just, you know, so remarkable is how much they attacked, you know, inside the 10 yard line through the running game and through the quick, you know, dump off on the right side of the screen game. So I, I actually don't have any doubt whatsoever that between that, uh, that linebacker that they recruited over plus the fullback plus Jameer Thomas, um, that they're going to be they're going they're going to be really good next year. The one caveat though is is that I don't think that the running game is going to stand up if Borgie gets hurt. Well, um, and w- and we'll, we'll we'll see about you know whether or not Thomas winds up being you know max of last year. That seems very unlikely to me. Yeah, he's Borgie was special and yeah. uh, as a true frosh. I mean, you just don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, and his receiving skills, especially. I mean, what did he? What were the final reception numbers? Was it like? Was it over fifty? Or am I out to lunch on that? Maybe it was thirty. So I don't remember exactly. I, I think he was in the forties. I mean, he, he was good. And I, I, you know, I think he's going to be a. Um, I think he's just going to be a different back than than what Booby was. I don't think that we're gonna, um, you know, unless oh, God, that, no. uh, yeah. you know, yeah. that unless that they're different. <laughs> guy that's you know the lightning bolt you know out of florida you know comes in and winds up you know kind of being a being a scat back on the outside but i think that you know with max i think it's much more about featuring you know kind of this north south um power game and uh and i think i I think it's i think it's going to be really effective for them so i you know i i i I came out of it out of saturday's game with a quarterback question of, of like you know Gordon may not wind up being the type of guy that um, that's going to be able to, you know, light it up playing against, uh, you know, a New Year's Six type opponent. Um, he may, but, you know, he didn't strike me necessarily as being that kind of guy. Um, but he certainly struck me as a guy that um, could um, amply pilot a team that's ranked in the top 20. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, he, he looks that much improved. So, yeah. So where do you rank them? You you go Gordon one, uh, Tinsley and Gabrud slightly behind, or, or what do you? If you were to do like a top four right now? Yeah, I feel like I don't. I, I didn't see enough of of the you know of the, of the kids to be able to draw a conclusion. Although I you know I, I don't I, I didn't see any of them as being ready. And if I had to choose one of the kids to start tomorrow. I, you know, have, knowing nothing, I'd choose Bledsoe. Although, I, you know, I, I, you know, am totally enamored with Gunnar Cruz's potential. Um, I, I think that that I would, um, I'd still put money down that Gage is going to be the starter. Um, really? 
Yeah, I think okay. that. I mean, I. I just think that ten thousand yards is just is just stares me, you know, looks at me right in the face. That's it's just really, it's hard to throw for ten thousand yards against air. And, oh yeah. Um, and my sense is is that the fact that he was, you know, if he wasn't able to be there at all in the spring, I, I, I'd have a different sentiment. But I, but I think that that the mental reps I think that he got will be enough that you know once it is that you know he may even practice in full today. Um, I, I think he was pretty close. Um, and you know, he's going to be there, you know, next week doing full workouts, you know, so he's got, he's going to have two or three months to continue to, you know, build rapport with everybody. Um, so I, I bet on him. And then obviously Gordon is, is, is what is one a, and honestly, I mean, Tinsley is like one B. I, I think that, that my sense would be that you could win, um, a handful of games with Anthony Gordon as as a as a backup, you know, coming in midseason and you know winning three or four games if you know somebody had a high ankle sprain. And I think that Tinsley is like a guy that could come in in the middle of the game and do really well and be you know and do well in like a spot start role. So, um, but so beyond I, that, he might get run off the field. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I just get concerned about about the arm strength issue because yeah. of the fact that um, that teams, um, I think teams would 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 force the issue on that. And and again, you know, I just you know having seen Luke and you know how difficult it is when you when you aren't fleet of foot. You know, the amount of time that you have to hold the ball oftentimes to wait for those guys to get open when there's eight guys in coverage, you've got to be able to move your feet. And um, and when you combine the fact that Gordon's more mobile with the fact that he appears to have, you know, a much better arm, it's just to me that just seems like a no-brainer. Unless he becomes, you know, a mistake factory at which point in time, um, then that's even more of a reason why it is that I think that, you know, that Gubrud would, would wind up, winning the job right and of course there's somebody we're not talking about and and uh someone i thought i sure thought we'd be talking a lot about and we're just not and that's cam cooper yeah he fits in everything and you know you never want to trash a kid in college um but you know here we are redshirt freshman second full spring under his belt and he just doesn't He's not looking the part, is he? Well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, the, there's, um, you know, going back to, you know, the great high school athlete stories, you know, I, I you know, back in the day was, uh, was uh, a, a drastically overrated, I mean, overrated prospect coming out of high school in the great game of soccer. Um, and I went and, and played, uh, played D1. And, and as I've you know told you before, I mean, the first month I, I was so overwhelmed by, you know, how fast the game was, how everybody, you know, was a star, how every, you know, all these things that I, you know, did as a player in high school that were my little tricks that worked, none of them worked. Um, and then, you know, on top of it, you know, I lost, I lost all confidence and, um, and so it, when that happens, you know, you, you face this like dual challenge of needing to be able to, you know, up your skills, redevelop your approach to a game, 
if a lot of the things that you used to do don't work, you need to develop a different mindset. And then you need to be able to do that while trying to be able to restore your confidence and, and build a sense of efficacy. And it's, um, and it, and it's, it's really hard to be able to do that. And, um, so, you know, there were some indications, you know, leading into the game that, that he was starting to turn a corner and, you know, maybe he is doing that and maybe he'll find his confidence and his mojo, but it, it, you know, it's, it's hard when you get the shanks, um, to, uh, to be able to, you know, get in that zone where it is that you're, that you're really able to kind of overcome, you know, that, that second guessing and that doubt, which does nothing but slow you down and make you tentative. And, you know, playing that position, you know, with athletes of that level, I mean, there can be no doubt in your mind about anything that you're doing. Otherwise you're four steps slow. Well, they all have some level of doubt. I mean, some guys are just considerably more confident that it's going to work out. Right. <laughs> but when you, but when you watch him, I mean, I, I just see a guy who he just doesn't seem like he's ready to pull the trigger on a lot of it. Like there's a, there's like doubts within doubts within doubts in the moment. Like he just seems unsure, I guess. And um, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the overwhelming situation it is when you come in to play at that next level and you're lost. I mean, you can, you see it all the time at every level in every sport. When the guys, when you when you can go back to the little league baseball, when you jump up a level, you become like the strikeout king because you're overwhelmed by the pitching, and then you're fine. Well, you know the guy, the guy but, that was that was the you know the the great example, um, you know, for folks of our generation was you know Rick Myers' transition or lack thereof to the NFL, where you know he threw these you know nice little teardrops at Notre Dame that you know made folks think that he was going to be the second coming of Joe Montana. Um, and he could uh, really run too. Like he really he could was run. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and thick too, obviously. Right. Yeah. But the thing was, is that a lot of those balls just hung up, you know, a split second too long for, um, for, for it to work well in the NFL. Um, yeah. and you know, that same type of thing, you know, can happens, um, you know, in the transition from high school to college where it is that, you know, you've developed these habits and you wind up seeing windows and have developed a skill set for, you know, putting the ball into those windows. Um, and, and you learn that they're not there. And when they're not there, it can literally take away your entire game. Sure. And, and that's, and, you know, that's where the second guessing, you know, um, starts getting in there. And literally, I mean, it, you know, you're talking about guys that are running four, five, four, six, four, seven, forties and whatever else you hesitate for one second and that's it plays over. It's just um, hard because when you look at Cooper's situation specifically is what we're talking about. It's a, a four star, you know, elite level this guy has can't miss written all over him. People saying a year ago on signing day that he might challenge start. to start as a true frosh. He's on campus early. You know, he looked the part at that level. And then now it's, it's like, where is it? But I guess, you know, he's still young. I mean, it's, it's one year in. Yeah. And two yeah. springs and one year in. One year. And, in. and crazy stuff's going to happen. Like you keep pointing out or you've pointed out previously that how different that quarterback room is going to be in a year yeah and and for me you know the most consequential thing coming in was you know saying that the most important 
you know, battle was to be able to see about whether or not any of the young guys could, could battle themselves up the ladder to legitimately become, you know, a backup. Mm -hmm. Um, because that would mean, or, or, or to achieve the same level that either Tinsley or Gordon had last year, depending on the week. Right. Because they alternated in terms of second string reps. They did. Yeah. It wasn't Um, one or the other. Yeah. And so the, you know, the best case scenario would have been for any of those younger guys to be able to, you know, um, to be able to send into that position so that they could go into the spring of next year, having had, you know, essentially first team practice rep or, or practice reps with the first team unit um, and really being involved in trying to be able to execute a game plan um, or to be involved in, in, in the game planning for each week. And I think that what it is that we're seeing coming out of the spring is that's not going to happen. And so next spring, they're going to be going in with any of those guys having an opportunity, but really none of them having experience. Um, And so that, you know, given the fact that we figure to be, you know, as good in 2020 or not or potentially even better than in 2019, it's just unfortunate that once again, that quarterback thing is going to be, you know, a question mark, although, you know, we've said it over and over again, arguably the best person in the country at developing quarterbacks is Leach. Well, and there's no question, given his body of work, I mean, he's made it hum with every size and shape of a quarterback and every, I mean, it's just, it's just one guy after another have come through yeah. and done really well. Yeah. So why should we doubt that now, especially yeah. with the program overall so well-established? It's not like you're starting over like he did initially and he had five or six scholarship linemen and they were overwhelmed up front. And, and I mean, Halliday and Jeff told those guys never had a chance. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, I mean, how, how it's just so it was so backwards but um who's to say now it's i mean obviously i i think the best part though is that i, I mean i was you know me i was i'm dead set against going in the back into the quarterback transfer market overall i want the position to grow organically i wanted somebody to rise from inside but clearly leach didn't believe that and they felt that it was important to get the brood in and and right away so, well, I, th- I, th- I think that, you know, when, when you're at a, at a position where you're where as a program, you know, you're striving to be elite and you have, you know, aspects of the talent and the chemistry to, to be that, you know, you're always going to be able to recruit in, you're, you're going to want to be able to recruit in folks that can, that can help you realize those, those elite goals. And the other part is, is that, um, is that I think that, you know, we continue to learn that. Um, that this offense is, you know, there's the three-day install of the entire plays, but the actual operation of the offense from a quarterback's perspective requires a ton of time either in the program and or a ton of time on the field actually playing against college defenses. And, um, And so it's just, you know, the there just isn't a plug and play thing where you can, you know, have, you know, this four, a four star kids coming out of high school and be expected to be able to jump in, in a year or maybe yeah. even two years. I mean, you know, Luke fault came in at the, you know, at the end of his red shirt freshman season. Right. And obviously, you know, he, he threw up some big yards, but you know, he, um, he didn't look very good in the second half of the ASU game in the Applica. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. No, he didn't. So. 
So any other, any other thoughts about, you know, strengths and, uh, or any noteworthy things that you saw from the, from the rest of the game or other positions? Yeah, real quick, I'll just say that um, in very, very general way to say it, but I think, I think overall from, I mean, outside of the running back position, I think overall the team is definitely loaded with depth. Uh, as good of depth as I can remember, there's some exciting new guys in the secondary. Um, Namdi looks like he could have a huge year if he's healthy. He looks fantastic. Uh, up front, rushing the passer, and um, I'm just I'm really excited about the team overall. I like I like some of the defensive linemen that we saw, some of the new faces yeah. there, and um, yeah. man, it's just yeah, they kind of they kind of look like they felt like a team that's going to come at you in waves, and more so than in the past. I think they're just I don't see a lot of glaring holes right now. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be easy to replace an NFL running back. And it's not going to be easy to replace a first-round pick, most likely, at left tackle. Um, those guys don't, don't come around every year. Um, but I think – And Hunter Dale. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just a yeah. fantastic do-everything Swiss Army knife back there, uh, supporting the run, playing the pass, doing everything, you know, quarterbacking defense, really. I mean, he's a vital part of what they did. But I thought, you know, we lost – I thought Shalom Luani was really special too, and we seemed to yeah. be okay without him. So Yeah, good um, call. Well, I, I just – you just got to let it let it play out and see. But, um, yeah, I, I, I felt extremely encouraged about what I saw overall. Um, and I, it's hard to um, – it's hard to dial up a weakness right now. But that doesn't mean, you know, injuries are going to happen and – you know, I, I, we're we're not on the same page on this, but I think the schedule is pretty daunting, uh, with all the with the five road games and and who we're playing on the road too. And I know, in years past, we've been fine with that. But I, I, um, you know, I guess if you took a poll, probably the top three teams in the conference preseason, we play them all on the road in Utah and Washington and Oregon. Um, plus, Cal and ASU are not going to be cakewalks either. It's 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 a very difficult road schedule. So. Um, yeah, I guess we got to see where, where we go from here, but no, overall, I, I feel really, I feel confident that they're going to be good. I don't know what that means record wise, but I feel confident. What mm-hmm. about you? Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, the comparison for me is, um, you know, Tony Bennett's first NCAA tournament team versus the second one. And I remember, you know, going, um, into that, um, that that maybe it was 2007 I can never remember the actual years um but I remember him saying that um you know our record may not be as good as last year but I think that we're going to be a better team um and uh and And I think that and they were um um and I think that that probably I think we have a good chance of being able to see the same thing I think that you're right about the and we'll have lots and lots and lots of weeks to be able to, uh, you know, ponder, um, ponder records. But I do think that, um, that the upside of this team, um, or let me rephrase this. I think that this team has a higher upside and, um, and I think that the big, <clears throat> the big question is, you know, a, obviously how much does or you know a a guy like anthony gordon improve over the summer because i think that i got i got 
I get the sense listening to him today. I think he was he was like he was on uh, Coogs and sixty. I get the sense from him that he can taste it, and um, and I think that that the the confidence that comes with potentially you know feeling like you are a legit front runner um, can elevate his game potentially over the summer. Um, so I think that there that there's a potential for him obviously to be able to continue to to improve. Um, but I think that if 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 Gubru beats him out, um, then I I think that they're I think they're a top twelve team, um, and you know that that puts them you know right back in you know schedule issues notwithstanding, and you know, um, you know I think that they're right in that that uh, that New Year six conversation again, and um, and I think that we can generally expect that we're going to go to Seattle with an opportunity to lose it again. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, with on that theme until they win it, it's hard to pick them to win the North. It just, it, it felt like it couldn't have been more teed up this year. And I know, yeah, I know. mother nature screwed everything up. I know it's totally screwed it up. And I, you know, I, I, I'm already, you know, I'm such a, I'm such a glut. I mean, I, you know, uh, I already think we can win it. Uh, I mean, I'm such a glutton. I, I just, you know, it's easy for me to play like the safe game on the surface. Say, yeah, I mean, you know, start off the year one loss in Seattle. We'll never beat the dogs or whatever else. But deep down inside, I think we're going to win. I'm already setting myself up for you know, that annual massive December malaise. So. Well, oh, well. <laughs> That's why they have therapists. You'll live. Yeah. <laughs> you will live. This too shall pass. I think, I mean, I, you could talk yourself into or out of anything. And I mean, they've got questions at quarterback right now. I don't know if you've paid any attention, but it sounds like Eason hasn't like blown everybody out over there right now. Sounds like that uh, the other guy, Hayner, is actually holding them off or they're right kind of neck and neck. But it, he, Eason has not. Uh, hasn't blown everybody away. Like I think people thought they were getting the next Matt Stafford or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's I, spring and we'll see. You know, the, the one thing about, about Eason and, and you know, he's, I watched a lot of him uh, his freshman year and then also um, paid attention to what was going on um, during the spring, you know, heading into um, the year where you got hurt and then, and then Fromm took over right. and, um, and, you know, the arm strength, that he has and also respecting about how hard it is to be able to come and throw against those sec defenses. I mean, I know that, that, that there's a lot of folks, um, you know, who are Coug fans that, that, that think that the sec is, is, is overrated. And I think that Ooh, who thinks um, that? <laughs> that, 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 that can be true in terms of some of the offenses, but defensively they're, they're, they're not overrated. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, some of the throws that he made against those defenses as a true freshman, I mean, shows, you know, his, oh, his nobody's arm. doubting his arm. No one's doubting yeah. his arm strength. But I think, you know, the, the, the general word on the street was that, um, you know, there were, there were two things a, a about him. Um, number one is that, you know, he didn't really look like he had the, the it factor, um, and, you know, obviously Gardner had the it factor and has the it factor, you know, in spades. Um, but he didn't, he didn't really have that. And then the, the second was 
that is at least with respect to his uh, battle with Fromm is that, you know, Fromm, you know, is the Gardner Minshew, Luke Falk, um, you know, can you give me another minute in the film room? Can you give me another reel of tape? Can you, you know, put me out on the practice field running more, you know, more routes with, uh, with my receivers and Eason, uh, had the reputation of being the guy that felt like it was all good because his arm was always going to take him there. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes, you know, those guys flame out. They do like power hitters, baseball. Sometimes they're all or nothing. It's hard to do the little, uh, you know, hit a single back up the middle. It's either strikeout or home run. So yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, good talking to you. Uh, Episode seven is essentially in the books. Anything else you want to hit on or, or should we wrap here? No, I think we wrap and, and hopefully, you know, we can get something uh, going on this weekend with, uh, with uh, long ball Jay um, to be able to get uh, his inside perspective since, uh, since he was there. And, uh, and then, yeah, let's then make we'll, it clear. Neither of us were there. We were watching. Right. Day. And, yeah. uh, um, and then, then we get to like you know turn attention towards uh actual the actual season. Spring is over and on with you know head straight towards fall. Amazing. It goes fast, doesn't it? Good It'll thing we're not getting older. You know it. I know. I know. I, I'm actually getting younger. I don't know how. <laughs> anyway. All right, man. Good talking to you. Episode seven is over. Go and uh, we'll we'll try to we'll, we'll get back at it. So. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye.